as you find your seats. And by the way, I'm recognizing a lot of you that are back, maybe from out of town. Welcome home. It's just great to see a lot of y'all's faces. Welcome back, especially those of you who came out of the cold. Uh, how about this kind of Christmas, huh? Nothing like a humid 80-degree Christmas. That's all right. Jesus is still Savior. Hey, turn with me to Isaiah. We're going to start in Isaiah 7. Uh, look at one verse there. We're going to springboard uh, to Isaiah 9 and then springboard into Matthew 1 and Matthew 4. So get your fingers ready. Um, if you didn't bring your Bible, uh, no worries. We'll have God's Word for you up on the screen. But as we begin, I have a question to ask you. Uh, let me ask you this question. I want you to be thinking about this question throughout the message and especially as we begin. The world in which we live in, would you describe it as a world filled with light or a world filled with darkness? It's a rhetorical question, folks. You don't, for those of you, I, I appreciate the feedback, but some of you are. Uh, but if you want to shout it out, you're welcome to. You might embarrass your family. That's all right. No worries. So would you describe our world as a world filled with light or a world filled with darkness? And secondly, would you say that our world is becoming more and more bright or is it becoming more and more dark? And thirdly, personally, for you individually, would you describe your life as a light, a life that light shines in and through? Or is it a light that is or a life that is predominantly filled with darkness? How is it for you personally? You see, Christmas is the celebration of light. We've been looking at that all month long. This entire Advent season, we've been looking at Jesus as the light of the world. And He has come. He has come as God Himself. He has come fully man, fully God, to shine into our darkness. And as we journey through God's Word, it's amazing how He has connected the dots for us. It is Jesus, this light that has created all things we see in Genesis 1. And John 1 makes it very, very clear that he is the eternal God. He is the light and life of men. And then he's come into this dark world in the fullness of time, in the perfectness of time. He has come to shine into our darkness, to come and to give us life and to give us meaning and to give us hope. And we see that it says even right in John, the darkness didn't understand it. I mean, how in the world can God become a man? How in the world can the one who was infinite be an infant? And the darkness has shrugged his shoulders and says, it's craziness what you Christians believe. But it also said this, the darkness did not only not understand, it did not overcome. Thank the Lord that we know that through the work of Christ, through his righteous life, through his sacrificial death, through that empty tomb, the light of eternity still shines brightly and the darkness did not overcome the light. Is it getting brighter? Or is it getting darker? Is the light winning or is darkness prevailing? Pretty breaking news out of Washington this week. Just this week, President Bush declared for the very first time that we're not winning in Iraq. Says we're not losing, we're not losing, but we are not winning. Did we oversell and underdeliver in our conquest for a new Iraq? 
The question really for us this morning is, does Isaiah and the other prophets oversell and underdeliver when it comes to the birth of the Son of God? Because as we look to God's word, we are going to be amazed at the description of our Savior. So much so that it puzzled those in their day, saying, how can this be? And as we have those reflector lights, where do you keep all those things? Do you hang those on the wall? What an incredible, strange collection. Wow. I can just picture the kids running out on I-4. There's one, there's one. <laughs> Good thing you guys have quick feet. Uh, I can't wait. All right. Turn with me to Isaiah uh, chapter 7. And again, you've had a lot of the background. Uh, some of this has already been read to you. This was a time of darkness a time of real darkness. And isn't the good news? Here's the really good news for us this morning to begin with. God's promises shine the brightest in the dark. And this was so true in Isaiah's day. Darkness seemed to really be winning. And yet there was this promise of one to come. Isaiah 7, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Okay, turn to uh, Isaiah 9 now. Isaiah 9, let's read through 1 through 7. But there will be no more gloom for who who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, I know that most of us are reading this saying, what in the world is he saying? Hang on. We'll connect the dots. It's pretty amazing. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Those who lived in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of the oppressors as in the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult, and cloak rolled in blood will be burned for fuel of the fire. For this, listen. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What incredible promises we find some 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1. Verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child 
by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is, the, is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a a, a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his dream and did as the angel commanded him. And took Mary as his wife. But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to the son. And they called his name Jesus. Stick with me. We got one more. Let's turn to chapter 4. Matthew 4. We'll see Jesus now fulfilling this mission. We see already so far that Jesus was the one that Isaiah was pointing to. Matthew 4, verse 12. As Jesus' ministry begins, he has just been baptized. He had just been tempted in the desert. And now he begins his public ministry. In verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John, John the Baptist, had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. You remember that verse way back in Isaiah 9? Remember that darkness? Well, here it comes being fulfilled. The land, as spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. By the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were in, sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land, a shadow of death. Upon them, a light dawned. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent. The kingdom of God and of heaven is at hand. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, it is just absolutely indescribable your love for us that you would send Emmanuel, God with us, that you would send your own Son, very God, to become very man so that man and God can be forever united. And oh God, that you would send a Son to sinners like us, those who are truly walking in darkness, because apart from you, there is no light. Apart from you, there is only darkness. Father Emmanuel, come with us today, to us today in spirit. Come and drive out the darkness that remains. Father, if there are there those here this morning that are still in the darkness of unbelief, that are outside this incredible Christmas story looking in, not worshiping Jesus as King, but only observing Him as a child who was born. Drive out the darkness of unbelief for Your glory. May today be the day that they acknowledge Jesus as King. Father, for those who have the darkness of despair, despair because this is the first Christmas without a loved one. Despair because this Christmas is a Christmas that their pain hasn't gone away. 
and the sickness still remains, will you drive out the darkness of despair? Father, the darkness of apathy that still reigns. Apathy of not following what you have told us to do, not living the lives you've commanded us to live, will you drive that out? Father, will you loosen the tongue of a broken sinner that is incapable of telling this story and the worth that it deserves to be told? Speak. Speak to your people. Open our ears to hear from our God. Open our minds. Shine the light under our minds so we understand his word. Fill our hearts with his joy and his light so that we embrace it. And Father, shine your light upon our feet so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Whatever is said that is true, use those things to make us more like Jesus. Whatever is my opinion or is false, may it quickly fall away and be forgotten. May you and you alone receive glory and may we receive great joy. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, it's during the darkest times of history where God's promises shine the brightest. And in Isaiah's day, it was very dark times. Very dark. It looked like darkness was going to overtake them. It looked like there was no one that they could turn to. There was no one strong enough. There was no one good enough that was able to release God's people from the captivity in which they were in, to bring them into his marvelous light. There seemed to be no hope. And so Isaiah, being moved by the Holy Spirit, is going to tell us that our hope isn't in a man that was alive at the time. Our hope would be in a virgin who would give birth to a child. And this child would be God with us. The hope would be such that this God would be so great. This man would be so great. He'd be so tender. He'd be so compassionate. He'd be so wise that they'd have to call him wonderful counselor. That this this savior, this one who would come to rescue God's people, that he would be so mighty, that he would be so strong. He could defeat all of yours, all of ours, all of God's enemies. He'd be so powerful that This little baby in a manger would be called Mighty God. This one who would come, this one who would come as a tender infant would be so tender uh, that he would bring us into his family and he would be from old and we would call him the Eternal Father. That this one would be so incredible that he would give us the greatest blessing that we could ever want and ever long for. The blessing of having peace with God. The blessing that knowing that the enmity that exists between a sinful mankind and a holy God could be driven out. It is so great of this birth of this child that we're going to call him the Prince of Peace. I mean, Isaiah knew that the plight of God's people was so dark and so ugly that this one born was going to be no ordinary child born of a virgin It would be Emmanuel, that God himself would be the God who would have to come and rescue us. Thank God that Christmas is the celebration of the arrival of such a king. And and Bethlehem was the beginning of his reign as king, the establishment of his kingdom. And the question is, is his kingdom winning? I mean, did Isaiah oversell? I mean, did Jesus underdeliver when it came to a son who would be born as king of kings? I mean, Emmanuel, the light of the world has come. It says things like this. The increase of his government and of his peace shall know no end. 
And Colin will come up here and say, we're trying to get a church started. And for years, we're trying to get it going. And we're talking to our friends and neighbors. And it hasn't happened yet. And yet Isaiah will say that the light of the world will come and, the, and his government will be so incredible, his peace will be so never-ending that it will know no end. Where is his reign and rule observed, my brothers and sisters? Why is there such a lack of peace? Where is the justice and the righteousness? Oh, how we are needing the light that shines in his kingdom, just like they were in his day. Needing the light that shines in his kingdom. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. Listen, a child will be born to us, to us, to us, to us. Can you say to us? A child will be born to us. A child will be born because we know that he's a child. We know that he has our nature. And because he has our nature, this is really, really important. He understands our infirmities. Because he uh, took our nature, he understands our darkness. A child will be born to us, one who was willing to even enter in to our darkness. And if he wasn't born of our nature, he could never relate to us. He truly never could be uh, the wonderful counselor. But he was born to us to enter into our darkness unbelievably so that we could enter into his light. A son has been given to us. A son who bears his father's nature, who is very God. So he is one who will be able to come and rescue us. Because he is very God, he will come in our nature and relate to us. But because he's God, he's able to rescue us. He's able to find us and lift us out no matter what pit you find yourself in. No matter what darkness still surrounds your life, your family, your home. He is mighty God. For unto us a son is given. This son is God himself. He is Emmanuel. And because of that, we know that we can be rescued out of our darkness and brought into his marvelous light. Emmanuel. Think about that. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus couldn't be more with us than by becoming one of us. Could he become more of us? He did the most incredible thing by becoming one of us. He truly is with us. And right there we should rejoice that God didn't come to judge us. God didn't come to wipe us out for some incredible reason. God would love sinners like us enough that he would come and he would come to be one of us. He would come to be with us. He would come to rescue us. God, the creator of heaven and earth. God, the light of the world. The only way he would rescue us, the only way he could get to us is by becoming one of us. And the only way he could find us is that he would have to go into the darkest places where we were hiding. And the only way he could rescue us is he would go into that darkness as fully a child and fully man and rescue us because he is fully God. And here's what we know this Christmas. Listen, Emmanuel, God is with us. If God is with us, he's for us. If God is with us, he's for us. Is that not true? I mean, if he wasn't for us, he'd come as a judge and he'd bring judgment. He'd rain down hell and fire upon us. And we'd always have to live our lives. Does God really care? Is God really for us? But now we know God is for us so much that he would become one of us. 
And not only that, he become one of us to rescue us and bring us into his marvelous light. Now here's the kicker. If God is Emmanuel, God with us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's mighty God. And he's with us. And he's for us. And he's gone into our darkness. And he brings us into his marvelous light. And here's the beautiful thing. Now, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. There's no more accusation. Satan can hurl everything he wants at us. He can tell us that we're unworthy. He can tell us that the darkness is going to win. But it's not true. He's conquered his and our greatest enemies. He is for us. He is with us. He rules and reigns. And so do we. I know it still feels dark. I know we still feel that the darkness is still around us. But we cannot forget Emmanuel. God is with us. Who can be against us? But this is what it took for us to be pulled out of darkness into his marvelous light. It took the wonderful counselor. It took him being able to come and rescue us. It took him being able to come into our darkness. I don't know. Has anybody here been to Michigan in the woods of Michigan? The woods of Michigan are the darkest place in the whole wide world that really brave little boys get scared in the, in the woods of Michigan. They do. I could tell you by firsthand experience, I was there. I was, I was in the woods of Michigan as a little boy, and we were camping with my uncle and his family, and, and the darkness came, and the darkness was really, really, really dark. I mean, dark, dark, dark. You could feel it, you know? And, and I was not safe in that tent. Wasn't even quite sure if I was going to be safe in the locked car. But I knew that's where I was going to spend the night. Because I heard about those bears in Michigan. They're amazing bears. They, they're able to pick locks. They, they open doors. So I mean, terrified. But I had one who came in the darkness with me and left the comfort of a tent to sleep with his son in a car. And just to know that I had a father who would enter into my darkness and who would enter in and sleep beside me. And where I was, he was. And where I was, he would protect me, gave me incredible joy, incredible comfort, and I was able to sleep because there was one who found me in the midst of darkness. That's a Christmas story. No matter how afraid you are of the darkness of your life or the darkness of the world, listen, we have one who has searched the ends of the earth to find his own. Whatever darkness he finds us in, he crawls in beside us. He crawls right next to us. He says, I'm the light of the world. I'm getting you out. There's two parts that are beautiful, that story. The one part is he comes. The beauty is that he comes into our darkness. The light of the world became uh, a man. And the second part of the beauty is he gets us out and he protects us. And so that's why we give him the names that he has been given. That's why it took the wonderful counselor to bring us comfort in our darkness. The one who was wise enough to lead us out of darkness. Listen, that's this, this incredible story about Christmas is this. He entered our darkness. And because he entered our darkness, he has deserved the title Wonderful Counselor. He can bring us comfort. No matter what darkness we find ourselves in, no matter what despair, he's been there. And so truly he is the Wonderful Counselor. He really can empathize with all of our needs, all of our hurts, all of our brokenness. He is the Wonderful Counselor. And it's a counselor. He doesn't need anybody else's advice. He is mighty God who knows all things who knows what's best for us, 
who doesn't have to seek the counsel of men. It took the wonderful counselor to bring us comfort in our darkness and who was wise enough to lead us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It took the mighty God to bring us salvation from our darkness, one who was strong enough to set us free. We could not do it on our own. We have to realize that apart from God, we are people who walk in darkness. We walk in darkness and we will continue to walk in darkness and we can never find the light. We can't grope our way there. We can't pray our way there. We can't fast our way there. We are utterly lost without God. But we need mighty God. Mighty God has come. Who's come and he defeated. The darkness did not overcome. Mighty God who comes and lifts our darkness and the darkness away of this world. He has defeated our enemies, his enemies. The enemy of death. Death has been defeated. The tomb was empty. He defeated all of our enemies. He met all of our requirements. He truly is mighty God. It took mighty God for us to be free. It took the eternal Father to be the author of salvation, creating us new life in Christ. Unbelievably, that when the light of the world came, he came to rescue us. He came to bring back the light that we have lost. Come and bring beauty to what was formless, meaning to what was empty. And to use us as now light shining through the world. It took the eternal Father to come and to recreate us in his image so that you and I can shine for him. It took the Prince of Peace to remove the enmity that existed between sinners and a holy God. To satisfy divine judgment. Now there is no more condemnation than Christ Jesus. Listen, those words, I, I, I just don't, I'm not good enough to tell you what that means. This is Prince of Peace. This is the one who, who removed the enmity, the incredible chasm between God and man. And how did he remove it? Well, he fulfilled the requirements of God's law perfectly. If he stumbled once, he can't help us. He truly is the Prince of Peace. We truly are clothed in his righteousness so the Father can look at us and delight in us. How did he remove that enmity that exists between God and sinful man? He became a curse. The curse on the cross. So that God would bless us instead of curse us. So he'd love us instead of loathe us. So that he would not banish us from his presence, but bring us and make us his own. The Prince of Peace. Jesus, Emmanuel, only God with us could bring us that peace. The light has come. He is with us. Now we know He is for us. Who can be against us? He truly is our Savior. And if He is our Savior, listen, He must be our King. And now, here's the deal for us Christians. Now we are to shine in His kingdom. President Bush says maybe we're going to need more troops. Maybe we're going to need more power, more visibility, uh, more representatives over there, uh, troops that can go and, and fight for justice there. Christians, this is what God has called us to do. He says, listen, I've sent my own son, Emmanuel, to be God with you, to be God with us, to rescue us so that the light can shine in us. Now he calls us to bring the light of his kingdom to the world. We are his troops. We are the front line. Paul will say this, put on the armor of light and now take your stand and go and fight for him. Okay, if you know this song, you're going to sing with me, all right? Because you don't want me singing a solo. Most of us learn this song. Um, if you grew up in a public school like I did, I'm sure you learned this song, all right? I'm going to give you a little bit of the first line. We're going to go back and sing it together. We're going to sing one chorus. You ready? This is my land. 
Okay, let's try again. This is my land. This, this. I got the tune wrong. This land is my land. The deal is, you knew it. I, I, I blew it. You knew it. Unbelievable. You can sing it. And my singing's that bad. The entire family left. I'm so sorry, Morris. I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to get better. Listen, do we really believe that? Listen, listen to the words. This land is my land. This land is your land. You know, from California to New York and to, to the oceans, this land is my land. Ready for this? It was made for you and me. The song stinks. It's not our land. It's his land. It's Emmanuel's land. God with us. It wasn't made for you and me. But we live our lives as Americans believing it. We live our eyes believing that this world here is for us. It's for our, it's our playground. It's for us to enjoy life and to have life in its fullest. It has been made for you and me. If we want to trash it, trash it. You want to preserve it, preserve it. Whatever, because it was made for you and me. Bunk, baloney, wrong. Stop learning the song and don't ever sing it again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's the deal. This is Emmanuel's land. This is Emmanuel's land. This is God with us. This is his land. And it wasn't made for you and me. Ready for this? It was made for him. It was made to demonstrate his glory. It was made for him to show his love for us. And now we, you and I, live in Emmanuel's land. Joy to the world. Listen, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Here's our deal, Christian. Now we prepare the earth to receive the king. That's our job. I mean, by God's grace, we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. By God's grace, we've been rescued by Emmanuel, God with us. By God's grace, we are his. The light shines in us. And now we go to this world and we say, no, no, it's not our land, your land, made for you and me. It's Emmanuel's land. And the king is coming. And he came the first time in grace, but he's coming back in glory. And you better be ready for the king. You better be ready for the king because he's coming back. And our job is to prepare the way. Make the whole world Emmanuel's land. All of it. Listen, he has redeemed us. He's claimed us of his own. We are, for his, we are subjects of the king. And we are commissioned to advance his kingdom here. Reflecting his glory to the world. Shining for him. We are those reflectors in the road of life. Just getting in the way of the sun. Saying, here, it's this way. Pointing to him. Pointing to him. I didn't know Reggie was going to give me such a great prop. Thanks, Reggie. Now, my brothers and sisters, we need to go where there's no peace and bring the peace of Christ. Now, my brothers and sisters, we need to go where there's no justice and bring justice. Now, my brothers and sisters, we need to battle unrighteousness. Because, listen, here's, here's our promise. The kingdom that we're in will not end. One day, this kingdom, we will see him face to face. It will continue until kingdom come. Literally, his kingdom will come. How do you describe this world? Is it Emmanuel's land? Is it filled with light? Listen, we are now the light of the world. And he's calling us to fill the world with his light through us. And here's how we begin in closing. 
We begin to making sure that Jesus is on the throne of our hearts. We make our hearts, we begin right here, we make our hearts Emmanuel's land. He said, listen, this is, this is your land. You've created it. This is for you. And first and foremost, drive out the darkness so you can come in. Make my heart a throne. Make my heart a place for Emmanuel. Make my home Emmanuel's land. Fathers, it starts with you. Your home's got to be a place where Emmanuel dwells, God with us, where Emmanuel reigns, where the kingdom is seen in fullness. We've got we to gotta make our workplaces a place that's Emmanuel's land. It's clearly seen as a place where uh, God shines through, even, even in a place that may not recognize him, even a place that, that has nothing to do with the true light of the world. But listen, you're there. You're there as a reflector. You're there to say, this is Emmanuel's land. Your neighborhoods is to say, this is Emmanuel's land. Christian, we are here to say, this is Emmanuel's land. We send them to Africa to say, this is Emmanuel's land. God with us. The peace of the world has come through Jesus Christ. Shine. Shine in our hearts. Shine in our church. Shine in our community. Shine in our world. For unto us, my brothers and sisters, unto us a child has been given. And unto us a son has been given, Emmanuel, Jesus, the Christ. And because of him, we can live. Because of him, we can have joy and we can have life. You can ask the worship team to come up and they're going to sing uh, uh, Manger Throne. Manger Throne is a, a great reminder that although it was only a manger in which they placed Jesus in. It truly was the throne of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it asks this question, is your filthy heart been cleaned in a place where the King of kings can reside? Let us pray together. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. That the promises of Isaiah are fulfilled. That a virgin was with child. That Emmanuel, God with us, truly has come. That Jesus is the Savior of the world. And He is Emmanuel. Oh, and He is such a wonderful counselor because He has become one of us. He is such a mighty God because He is fully God to rescue us. He truly is the eternal Father that has recreated us in Christ and is the author of our lives. And Father God, He truly is the Prince of Peace and the only one in which we can have hope with peace with You and no more condemnation. Oh, Father God, the light of the world has come and He now shines in us and has made us the light of the world. Oh, Father, we ask that you would use us so your kingdom would come in fullness, so that others would come and bow and worship this king, and that truly justice would reign and righteousness would reign. For your glory we pray. Amen.